being on the road, I didn't want to miss my podcast this week. So I wanted to talk to you all, and I wanted to put together something that was really special for this week, being that we're halfway through the year, and it is July 4th, America's birthday. So I put together some of my favorite clips from this year with Guy Fieri, uh, uh, Dr. Phil, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, Erica Nardini, and even Mark Cuban. And uh, I put together clips that I thought would be a little inspirational at this time. I don't want to share someone else's thoughts. I want to create my own original thoughts. I want to create my own original solutions. I want to look at situations and come up with my own phrasing, my own words, and do it my way. This is the John Taffer Podcast. Shut it down! I think I mentioned to you all in last week's podcast, I was taken off. I, those of you who listen know I have a bus, a tour bus that I use for TV production a lot, so... I'm staying in quarantine, but I'm thinking to myself, I want to go see my daughter. My daughter's in Kentucky, in Henderson, Kentucky. I want to go see my grandson. I want to go see my son-in-law, Cody. And I'm not going to fly right now. I'm still a little concerned about that. So how can I travel across the country quarantined? Well, I took my bus, loaded it up with all the food I can imagine so I didn't have to go to any supermarkets on the way, loaded it up with gas. It goes about 1,000 miles on the tank. Left Las Vegas last week, drove to Kentucky, uh, took us four days, sleeping in the bus, eating in the bus, using the bathroom in the bus. The only time I left the bus was to uh, fill it up with gas. So I'm just interacting with the gas pump. And even then, I'm spraying the heck out of myself, wearing my mask, doing everything. So I got to go to Kentucky, go to my grandson's first birthday party, which was pretty amazing, keeping a distance, being very socially responsible today, wearing my mask the whole time. Got to spend a day and a half with my daughter and son-in-law, which was unbelievable, and my grandson, Rhett. Then turned around and drove back. We took 70 out, taking 80 back. And uh, uh, so now we're hanging out in Provo, Utah, because it's hot as hell in Las Vegas. It's about 105 there today, and it's nice and cool here. So we're hanging out in Provo in a bus for a couple of days, gonna spend a weekend here, then we're gonna head back down to home and get back to work. On Tuesday morning, a lot going on. Taffer's Tavern, we're in deep construction in Atlanta, opening in just a few weeks. Finally, eyes in locations in Washington, D.C. and in Boston at the same time. So we're moving forward very, very aggressively. By the way, I'm traveling with my two dogs, which is also the other only other time we leave the buses to go out and walk the dogs. And they've been amazing on this trip. I think our dog is living in this bus <laughs> for about two weeks now. But they did great. And, you know, I love America. I love Americans. I love small towns. So there's nothing better than, than a, a, a road trip across America. And I was thinking, you know, with COVID, quarantine, and everything going on, I don't think we're going to be so quick to jump into international travel when this is over. I'm guessing we might jump on, not, might not jump on airplanes so quickly. But I got to tell you, America's roads, safe, clean. Uh, uh, go out and see America. Maybe you can go out with your family, take some time, go see America. But it's been an amazing trip for me, and it was incredible to see my daughter. But, you know, being on the road, I didn't want to miss my podcast this week. So I wanted to talk to you all, and I wanted to put together something that was really special for this week, being that we're halfway through the year, and it is July 4th, America's birthday. So I put together some of my favorite clips from this year with Guy Fieri, uh, uh, Dr. Phil, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, Erica Nardini, and even Mark Cuban, and uh I put together clips that I thought would be a little inspirational at this time. And, you know, I've been very focused on being positive at this time. Even though our COVID numbers might not be going in the right direction, I still think we are. So 
let's wear our masks out there. Let's be responsible. Let's not be rebellious about the whole mask thing. And I heard a funny Disney term, masketeers. Let's not be rebellious about this. Just wear the freaking mask so the people next to you are comfortable. And why don't we all just oblige this for a while? Wear these masks for a couple of weeks, all of us. And let's see what happens. We could beat this thing, but we're going to beat this thing if we act. We're not going to beat it if we don't act. So please, let's wear our masks. Let's wash our hands. Let's do all those things that we need to do. And we'll be right back. Don't shut down this podcast. John Taffer will be right back. At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. You know, when this thing started weeks and weeks and weeks ago, about two to three weeks into it, a good friend, Guy Fieri, started a, a charity, a fundraising effort, in conjunction with the National Restaurant Association to raise money for restaurant employees who, of course, all lost their jobs. Last I looked, Guy was well over $10 million working with the NRA Employees Fund, and it's been an incredible exercise. And I got to tell you, I love Guy Fieri. I love him because he's so authentic. He's so positive. He so loves life and what he does, and you see it in everything he does. So talking to Guy was really, really fun. And I wanted to revisit some moments of it because when you listen to Guy and I, this is in the beginning of COVID when things were really looking bleak. Notice how positive it is and how inspirational it is and how excited Guy is. Let's listen to Guy for a few minutes. A lot of these folks, just like anybody, doesn't believe that they're going to be affected by this. A lot of these hourly employees live paycheck to paycheck. Yep. A lot of these folks have multiple jobs and they're in the restaurant business because they'll, they'll work an eight-hour shift here and an eight-hour shift yep. there. I mean, this list of things goes on and on and on. So here's what I've been telling everybody. I go, here's my pitch. <clears throat> I'm in this for the long haul, National Restaurant Association in for the long haul. I said, we want the money today. And I promise you that when these restaurants get back to getting into business and they're out there getting ready, you can bet that I'm going to be there reminding them that Pepsi came through with a million. Yep. Uber, Uber Eats came in with two million and another three million to pledge if they match the pledge, that they'll match the pledges with the customers. You know, <clears throat> that we had Cargill get involved. You know, we had uh, my buddy's winery, Costa Brown Winery, got in. They're giving 40 bucks for every case. That's great. You know, so. These are the people. So I said, don't think you're just making the donation. It's going to go away. We're going to remind everybody who was there for these restaurant employees in the tough times. And uh, and we're making it different. And I'll tell you something. The emails, the texts I've been getting from people saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. you know, it's not just the money, John. Yeah. It's not just the money. It's the, it's the purpose. It's, it's the point. knowing that somebody's out there giving a shit about you and doing something and making a donation on your behalf. That, to me, is... That's what that's what that's the silver lining inside of this terrible time. Yeah, and a hats off to the National Restaurant Association. I was speaking with them yesterday, guy, about this very program and promoting it. They're doing a great job. They're also doing a great job linking with Washington, making sure that the, the stimulus packages are structured properly. Uh, uh, also, Thomas Keller is doing some great work as well, uh, raising uh, dollars. So he's such a pro. He's such a pro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, you know. And then you look at our our brother Jose Andres. 
who's out there just uh, I always. Forgot I got this. Always the first guy there. And Jose is doing such a fantastic job. And we're just, you know, as Jose will tell you, as all of us know, you know, we we are not in the clear yet. This is going to get, um, you know, we got we got some more layers of this that we have to go through. Yeah. But that being said, you know what? It gives it makes you really proud to be in the industry right now and see all the people. How, look at this, huh? Yeah. I forgot I had the tripod. It go. makes you really proud, though. It makes you, it, it's so exciting. In a terrible time. Well, here's the other thing. You know what else, Guy? I've been, I've been, I've been working on is a lot of people are talking about you know the pandemic and how do we get through the next day, 10, 12 weeks, etc. I'm really focused on restarting, and you know when we restart, and we're gonna, buddy, whether it's six weeks, eight weeks, twelve weeks ahead, we're gonna restart. And you know those of us who believe in the future, a motivator to fight through this, are the ones that are going to survive the most. And, you know, I'm thinking is, how does our business change going forward? Well, we might lose a few tables because we got to space people a little more, right? There's little things that might have to happen as we go through the industry. But, you know, guy, in a strange way, I'm excited about the restart. I'm, you know, Listen, we haven't, John, we haven't done a reboot. We haven't done a reboot in a while. And, and I'm not saying it. Yes, does it mean it's going to be training and is it going to be learning and is it going to be adapting and is it going to be understanding? But, I mean, look at something that's going on in our business right now. People are able to deliver cocktails. I mean, that's <laughs> going to rebrand. That's going to rebrand the liquor laws in every state. Yeah. Wait a second. We did it when we had a, a, a pandemic, but now we can't do it? Well, how, why? If it's so dangerous. So I think that there's things like that. But I think, you know what? I think our safety and sanitation is going to improve. I think our uh, social media and our ability, you know, there's a lot of restaurants, as you know, you go into these into these places to save them all the time. Amen, by the way. Great Thank man you. for saving these folks. Uh, everybody thinks it's easy to do our business. And then even <laughs> those that are doing our business realize it's not easy. But it's going to be a change. Change is always a little bit difficult. But I think that that is another one of those silver linings. you got to find the positives, you know, as you were saying. you got to find the positives out of this. And, uh when we turn the lights back on, when the when this turns back around, I think people we're going to look back at this in a year from now, and we're going to go, "Wow, remember when we used to? Remember when you know?" And maybe it's going to be, you know, changing uh, the way we use chemicals. Maybe it's going to be focusing on smaller menus and better. I mean, who knows? Yeah, we're doing a lot of things right now to survive. Maybe they're going to become the norm. A guy is certainly one positive guy. There's no question about that. You know, when I spoke with Dr. Phil, it was early in the pandemic, and I was really concerned about the psychological impact that we would all have being locked up in our home and dealing with this pandemic. And I got to tell you, there was a lot of very interesting conversations that happened during the Dr. Phil discussion. Let's listen to a few. Loneliness in and of itself is a very stressful situation. And there have been a number of studies that have been done about the effects of loneliness. And uh, when, when people are lonely, and by lonely, I'm talking about a lack of encouragement from family or friends, being by yourself, uh, where you're in an apartment, you're four walls, you just don't have the normal human contact that you're used to. <clears throat> There was a study done in 2016 at Newcastle University, and they found by following people across time, 
that there was a 30% increase in the risk of stroke and coronary heart disease among people that were lonely. I mean, think about that, a 30% increase in the risk of stroke and coronary heart disease. It shows how social we are as a species and how important that is. We are social animals. Uh, Florida State University College of Medicine did a study, 40% increase in a person's risk of dementia that was published in the Journal of Gerontology. For people that are at risk, they're in that age bracket, a 40% increase in risk of dementia. Uh, Functional limitations go down. And what happens, John, and I don't want to get too technical here, but leukocytes of lonely participants and leukocytes are the white blood cells that play a real key role in the immune system. Uh, These go down because our body thinks when we're alone, we don't need an immune system to fight off viruses or any type of attacks. So our immune system goes quiet. And so we're much more susceptible to contracting some type of virus like the coronavirus. So just being lonely, feeling lonely makes us more susceptible to that which we are actually locked away from right now. So I'm so, blessed. You and I are blessed. We have <clears throat> You have Rob and I have Nicole with me. What about that person alone in a 30th floor in an apartment in New York? So they really are challenged by this. Well, they are challenged by it. And then let's add to that. Let's add to that the fear of catching this coronavirus and contracting COVID-19. So you've got that pressure. Now you've lost your job. There's economic collapse all around you. You have the unknown. Are you going to get through this okay? Is the world going to be the same? So you have all of that stress and pressure. So now that's when the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. And when that happens, we've now got studies that show us that once you're in that state of adrenergic arousal, where you stay that aroused all the time, people are 32% more likely to die. And, and let me tell you what will change that. Even looking at the picture of a loved one can make people in pain, feel that pain less intensely. Pro-social behavior, like volunteering, helping a neighbor, curbs all the physical symptoms of stress so if we we are social animals so if we start reaching out to others and giving away that which we need the most it starts to heal us from the inside out so there are things we can do so when people say things like i'm calling five friends a day you know, I'm FaceTiming with my grandchildren every day. These are exactly the kind of exercises that in essence would, would solve this. Exactly. If you feel lonely and you, th- you think, well, I-, I wish I had somebody to talk to, then be somebody for your neighbor to talk to. You know, you can go down to the corner, knock on the door of maybe an elderly person lives on the corner, knock on the door and step back to maintain social distancing and say, you don't know me, but I live a few doors down and I just know that you live here alone. And I just wanted to come say hi and see if you need anything. I'm going to the store. Can I pick something up for you? I'm a stranger. So you probably don't want to give me your phone number, but here's mine. If you would like to call and talk, I I would love to visit. I don't know if you have FaceTime, but here's my FaceTime. If you would like to talk, I would love to listen. Just visit. Can, and maybe you're out mowing your yard. 
and you look down there and there's just a little long, roll your mower down there and mow their yard. I mean, just little things like that can make a huge difference in the way you feel and the way they feel. You know, Kristen Chenoweth is one of my favorite actresses on Broadway, singer, unbelievably talented, and loves Broadway. Her passion is with Broadway, and she was so upset with what happened with pandemic and Broadway shutting down, and now it looks like Broadway won't even open till 21. Uh, uh, That's a long way away. That's six months away, so all these Broadway actors are out of work. So I wanted to talk to Kristen and see what's going on in Broadway, what's going on in her world, and she, too, was incredibly inspirational. Let's listen to one of the greatest actresses on Broadway for a moment. Let's hear what Kristen had to say. Um, And I'm not gonna get political at all. I'm just gonna say, I do know that America is a great country. We will come back stronger. I would love to see people, you know, not everybody can do this, but if you bought a Broadway ticket and, and, and it's July and Broadway's not back yet, if you could maybe Think of it as a donation. Not everybody can do that. I know that. Lots of families. Great suggestion. If you you love Broadway and you bought the ticket, then you're more inclined to give that donation. Be great. Be great if some people could. But you know, with our business and and food is right next door to our theaters. You know, rest, and that's where we go after the show. So I'm. I don't know what it's going to look like, John, but I'm praying every day um, to God for our country and and that and um, that we will and for our medical care and we will and that's another reason i'm going back to your show for a second i really appreciate the emphasis that you put on people forgetting not for for losing their passion and forgetting what's important and then it shows in their work and it shows in their cleanliness and it shows in the way they again make make their their way and um that's when you know your burnout which you've talked about on shows and which i can Sometimes go, Kristen, you're going to go on burnout if you don't slow down a little bit. Or they're just plumb, they can't handle it. And they need they need somebody to understand. And when you come in and you understand, which is why it's so lovely for me to talk to you, because you understand. I'll be back in a minute. Don't shut down this podcast. John Taffer will be right back. You know, those of you who know me well know I'm very close to Barstool Sports and Portnoy and I and, and Big Cat and I and KFC and PFT. We all go back a lot of years together. And, and years ago, Erica Nardini took over as CEO of Barstool Sports. And I got to tell you, Erica is one very cool girl. And we had a great interview on my podcast a few weeks ago all about Barstool and content and pandemic and what's going on in today's age. Erica had a lot of really fun stuff to say. Give a listen. You have a positive outlook going forward, don't you? Very positive. And, and Very you, positive. you think our economy bounces back? It takes a little while, but I think it does. Do you? I think you, you know, like I'm an American, like this is like adversity hits and like Americans just get after it. And I, I'm so optimistic. I think things are going to change. I don't think that I don't want to spend personally, I think it's very depressing to think about change negatively. You know, it was like after 9-11 happened, you know what I mean? Like 9-11 was horrible. It was horrible in New York City. And then all of a sudden you had to show your ID everywhere and 
getting through an airport was far more difficult and far more arduous and it was a pain in the ass, but you understood why you had to go through all the steps in the And airport. we dealt with it. And we dealt with it and you, you moved on and like, let, that's now normal. So I feel like it's gonna take a little bit of time, but I think our country is strong. You know, I look at it for our company, right? Like if, if I were to use the analogy of what we're doing in our company is that my feeling is that this is, I have to look at this as a gift. Like there is, there are things that we can do right now, which will set us up to be stronger in the future. And those things are, you know, changing the way we make money or changing the way we approach our partners or, you know, and Dave, you know, Dave's done this too, from the content perspective, you know, he started day trading, he's mm -hmm. doing unboxing, he's doing like people, humans are highly adaptable. Companies are highly adaptable. And I think countries can be highly adaptable. And I believe if, if you have the best minds in this country, politics aside and the bullshit aside, like. They're going to figure it out. Like they're going to figure I out. Agree. I agree. I agree. They're going to figure out the business. I think right now this is the time when great marketers bubble to the top. Great promoters so. bubble to the top. Yeah, I agree. Great operators bubble to the top. Great yeah. ideas bubble to the top. And, and, you know, I think this is a time for people like that to shine. So I'm with you. You know, I am, I am feeling pretty optimistic about where we can go now. Now, we've got to get this medical situation under control, but yeah. we're Americans. And we've dealt with these, this adversity and these struggles our whole lives, personally as well as, as yeah. in cities and areas of our country. So I'm like you. I'm looking forward to the end of this. And I think when this pandemic ends, there's a whole new set of opportunities that begin. Totally. And, you know, Erica, I've always said being, being a little older than you, a few years, <laughs> you know, I, I come back from the world where meeting a female CEO like you was very rare. There just weren't a lot of you guys out there. And There's you know, <laughs> yes, but you know, watching you come into this man's world, to this disorganized machine, pulling it together, developing the credibility that you have, and everybody loves you there. People think the world of you. I love them. I have incredible respect for you, Eric. I think you're terrific. I think, you know, Thank watching you. you run the company, watching you develop it, the friendship that we've created these past yep. couple of years. Uh, uh, I'm proud to call you my friend. And I can't wait to see what you do with Barstool these next couple of years. I think one of my favorite interviews uh, so far this year has been Mark Cuban. Mark is so into challenging himself and us challenging ourselves. He really is the consummate entrepreneur in the way he started, the way he built his company, the way he respects sales, he sells every day according to him. Mark had a lot of positive things to say and I was a little upset when people made it political. This is not a political discussion with Mark Cuban, this is an entrepreneurial discussion. And wow, did he have things to say, give a listen. What do you see, and I know you've been asked this question a lot, but what do you see for basketball now? Do you see us opening at 50% capacity? No, I think we Where start with no fans. I think we start with no fans because um, TV is a big part of our, our business, right? Well, yeah. it's a big, important part of our finances. And so, you know, people are dying for sports right now. Yep. You know, if we can do it safely and get everybody back in the court, the ratings are going to be huge. The advertisers don't have any place else to put their money. So they'll be more than happy to spend money with us. And so there's a lot of opportunity, but, you know, you know, safety first. But I think, you know, as every day goes by, we become a little bit smarter about the virus and, I think we're, we're going to be able to figure it out. I think so, too. It's starting to feel like we almost got it figured out. Yeah. Vegas opens tomorrow. I know. And I when know. you think about the logistics of a card game being safe now, 
So, so, you know, and a slot machine being safe now. So yeah. now when the slot machine pays you off and you get the chit, it shuts down. And it can't be used again until it's cleaned and the operator resets it. So all these little procedures. Do you think that there'll be a digital element to the uh, fanless games? Will there be an audience uh, 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 sound? Oh, yeah, we'll do all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, we've got all kinds of We're just working on it today, actually, where um, we'll be able to have fans press buttons and talk into their phone and have that all come out together and have the cheering and everything. You know, and the other team will be competing on their end, and we'll see who does it better. And so, yeah, we're we're definitely going to um, gamify it and have some fun with it. So the the loss for the fans in the arena could be the fan the gain for the fans who are watching it. Yeah, no, no question. We'll we'll have some fun with it. You know, and and that's one of the challenges that we have in, in general. You know, as things become more digital, and 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 it, you you know, you're in the TV business, right? As as streaming becomes such a bigger component, particularly for younger um, viewers, you know, we have to adapt. We have to come up with new ways because, you know, it's not that TV's dead. There's still, you know, 90 million homes with televisions that watch TV, but, you know, there's just a big, big um, challenge to retain that audience and the momentum's obviously going towards streaming. And we've got to find ways to do a better job of reaching younger audiences with, with our streams. You know, it's interesting. Uh, some friends of mine in the NHL, I'm a big hockey fan. And, and I know you tried to buy the Penguins once yeah, yeah. at some point. But uh, in NHL, it looks like they might be the first league back, possibly. And it's Yeah, I know they're trying to or, you know, do the 2014 thing. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know they, they've got different considerations because we can set up a basketball court anywhere. They've got to really focus on how right. they set up ice and getting their guys right. ready. Do you think that the uh, a reinvented basketball season will be at, at common locations or you think it'll still be at, at home courts around the country? No, I think it's going to be um, the Hotel California setup where you check into one location and you don't leave until you're eliminated from the playoffs. Right, right. And then everybody's kept in quarantine and such. Yep. You know, Mark, to finish this up, uh, I was talking to a bunch of college kids the other day who've had a terrible graduation, obviously, yep. and high school kids. And, and I was telling them that at times like this, great marketers bubble to the top. Great promoters bubble to the top. Great operators bubble to the top. And this isn't the time to be paralyzed. No. This is the time to, to use your term, Mark, to challenge ourselves. Absolutely. And how do I be a better marketer, a better promoter, a better operator, a better salesperson? Yep. How do I elevate myself? Yeah, you're, you are so right. I mean, look, we're going to look back in 20 years to the pandemic of 2020, and we'll find 25, 30, 50 world-class, world-changing companies that were created. There are, there's people out there right now that have a vision for how things will be better on the other side of this, how we, you know, a new, a new company, a, a new charity, a new just way of, of doing things, and they're going to crush it, right? And the key is those people just going for it, because you know what, it, what it's like. I mean, lots of people have ideas, lots of people get excited, but so few take that first step. And even after they've taken that first step to start the business, so even fewer follow through. But you are so right. If, if you're able to take those first steps and go for it, you know, all the big companies are trying to just retain their legacy businesses. Same with the medium sized company and the small companies. You know, they, they were built for pre pandemic times. When you start from scratch, you get to build for the way things are today, you know, and the way things are evolving for the future. So you have a huge advantage. Over I mean, clubs and restaurants, I mean, there's never going to be a better time to try to redesign what a club or restaurant looks like. I agree. It's, it's an opportunity for many people. Okay. Last sort of personal question. Then I'll let you go, buddy. So you grew up in a middle-class blue gray collar environment. We talked about that. 
You go to Dallas, you get involved in a software company, you sell it for millions of dollars. Was there a moment when you picked up the phone and called your dad and said, Dad, I'm a millionaire. Oh, dad, yeah. I made it. Was yeah, actually, it wasn't so much when I sold it. It was just when I first started getting going, right? And I remember sitting with a friend of mine at a bar, having a drink, celebrating the fact that I had $100,000 in the bank. <laughs> and to me growing up, that was just inconceivable. Right. And, um, and I called my dad and told him, you know, cause I just wanted to tell him and he started crying, just bawling his eyes out. Wow. And, um, yeah, that, it's just, it was a special moment. I was going to say probably one of the greatest moments in your life was making. Yeah. Without call, question. Without question. Yeah. You know, I want everybody to know that you are a really good guy, Mark. Well, I appreciate it, John. You, you care about people. You're compassionate. You're direct, you're vocal, you put your beliefs on the table. You know, in a world today, we're so scared to have conflict, you know, to yeah. argue with each people, share ideas with each other. But if we don't share ideas and have conflict, we don't grow as a society. And I have huge respect for the things that you say and you putting your beliefs out there and being thank so you. honest about thank the way you. you feel with all of us. Thank you, Mark. No, thank you, John. I appreciate it. I appreciate the questions and um, keep on doing what you're doing. You're going out there and helping people and helping entrepreneurs. And that's a beautiful thing. So are you, buddy. I hope to see you on TV soon. Same, same. Appreciate thank it. You. Well, those are some of my favorite clips from this year. I want to wish everybody a great Independence Week. I hope you had a great time. Happy birthday, America. Greatest country in the world. Guys, let's put divisiveness aside. It's not the time to be anything than inclusive. This was America's birthday. This was our birthday. Black, white, old, young, it doesn't matter. This was our birthday. Let's use it as a reason to get together and fight for our country, not against each other. Talk to you all next week. Subscribe to the John Tapper Podcast right now for more episodes every Thursday.